millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I am joined in the Zoom studio by Cool Producer Joel. Hello, Mark. Hello, Joel. What's been? How are you? I'm all right, thanks, Joel. I just had my booster jab. You might be thinking, oh, well that's done. taking you a little while. I had COVID not that long ago, so mm. I had to wait a month. You, you are pretty immune right now. I, am I, I'm like super immune, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, big time. You're like 50% antibody at this point. Yeah, I am. Yeah. What, what, so are you, aren't you? Or have you not had your booster yet? I've had my booster. And but you... I had COVID so long ago now. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't have Omicron. I thought, oh, wait, no, I, I, I did. you just had it. I've had it twice. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I get. Is that one of the symptoms? 2022 is, 2022 is a clean slate. <laughs> no, I thought you had it in 2022. New Year. Oh. <laughs> catching, <laughs> catching COVID is so last year. <laughs> ah, because so, you, so we're super immune buddies. God, we're, yeah, we're so immune. you've had it recently and you've had the booster. I'm fully, yeah. That's what they fully... recommend, I think. <laughs> they say get the booster catch it as many times and as you then, can yeah, I think that's pretty much what they're saying yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. oh we're going to get into trouble like Joe Rogan uh, I mean I, I say yeah. that I, I, I don't know anything about that story would you know anything about that story yes what's, 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 what happens because I've seen that he said stuff and that people don't like it Is that, what did he say about the jab it's the, are we allowed yeah, to talk about it? Is that, are we going to get sued, Joel? Yeah, we can talk about it. No, we that'd be good, sued. actually. Imagine yeah, we got yeah, sued. Yeah. That'll, that'll do the podcast numbers a world of good. That'd be really good for publicity. Actually. Say something really um, controversial now, Joel. Uh, no. <laughs> he, um, he, so he has guests on that I would say aren't necessarily that qualified to talk about right. epidemiology and jabs. And maybe he dishes out a fair bit of false information on that. Do you there. think it's because he does mixed um, martial arts? He thinks he knows all about jabs. Very nice. Very good. Thanks, um, I think, to be, you know, more seriously, I think because he's got such a massive show, mm. he has a responsibility with who he gives that platform Same to. Same as us, right? Exactly, 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 exactly. But, you know, you know, like if you have, you have to think, I think mm. you have to think about, you think carefully about who So it wasn't you. him saying it, it was someone he had on. Yeah, but he he nods along. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't really challenge it. I I would say he doesn't really cha- he never really challenges his guests, and that's. Uh-huh. I've never listened to it because they're so um, long. 
There's so long. There's too many of them. Yeah, I just, I, I, I mean, that's who's got who, who is listening to it? Like, is that people just at work, just with it in their ears? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I don't it's know. It's a long time. That's a long drive, isn't it? Like, yeah, they're like three hours yeah. long. Crazy. Don't get that ear, Joel. Crazy. <laughs> no way. No way, man. So, uh, okay. So, that, so yes. Yeah, so that's my news. I just had the booster. Um, Oh, what did you get? Uh, Pfizer. I'm uh, I'm I'm triple fri- Pfizered. Yeah, me I'm a triple, too. I'm did a I triple about when I got my Pfizer. Um, I don't know. Tell tell me about it, and then I'll tell you if you told me about it. I was quite nervous about getting it done. Okay, like that, I, I can't remember that bit because I don't like I don't I don't really like getting it done. It's quite I, I find it a bit weird. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, it was a really young guy injecting me. <laughs> Uh, to my, in my eye, in your eye, he was, like, I, he was like, "Oh, he's doing it wrong." He was like, <laughs> "In my, like, uh, he felt like he was fourteen years old." This guy, I mean, he was probably like twenty-one, twenty-two or something. Yeah, but he felt so young, um, and he did the injection or whatever. And I, I, which I think is quite a classic thing to do. I sort of gripped quite tightly onto my jacket that was on my lap. hand. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I really gripped. I gripped his thigh, which I think is a very normal thing. Um, I gripped onto my jacket, really, that was on my lap, really tightly, because I was just to brace myself. I feel like I have um, heard this, but this I don't. And he, maybe not on here. Uh, he did the injection, and you know, said, "There you go, that's that done." And then he sort of went, "Saw you holding onto your jacket." <laughs> what? All right, mate. Uh, really pissed I me think off. I did mention it, but I don't think you said that uh, he was fourteen. No, well, he was definitely 14 years old. Ah, so he made you feel um, like, a, like a wimp. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. Did you have your mask on? Who cares yeah. then? That's what masks what are great, aren't they? Me? Masks are great. You can do what you want when you've got a mask on. Yeah, I guess so. Rob a bank. Hmm. Yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I think you can. I think that's what people do. Yeah, I don't know if they wear face... like covid masks they wear like masks of bill clinton or something like that i think you've been watching too much tv yeah maybe F- face facts <laughs> that's rubbish i feel i've just woke up from a nap joe that is i've terrible. had i was i've been busy today and then i, I needed a nap I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do this without a nap but i, I i'm up and I'm, the listeners will agree you're really benefiting. I feel from like your, I started really form. good, and I've just dipped. Then yeah. I just sort of really. Yeah, that's how it was. Quite a boring story for me. Yeah, it was good when um, we were doing the apologize. jokes, mm. but then I think I—I'll I, be honest with you, Joel. I think I ruined it by saying you could rob a bank. That—that that took the wind out the sails of the story. It did, didn't it? Yeah, you weren't on board with that. No, no. I just don't know how. I think banks. Have, I think it's become. I think banks have become too hard to rob. And I, I also think there's so few of them on the high street these days that you're better off with cybercrime. I'm not even sure they've got any money in there. No, I don't know. I saw someone taking the coins out of a um, a parking meter earlier. The guy, the guy worked for. It wasn't that wasn't a robbery. But I think. And is it bad that when I walked past, I thought I did think about robbing him. Obviously, I would never do it. But I thought to myself, I could rob him. Is that bad? Does that make me a bad person to have the thought? But I also thought, well, I'm not going to because that's, I I mean, I don't need that many coins. What would it, what, about 20 quid would it be? I know, yeah, like the full thing because, you know, it's however many they've been putting in for days. 
Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't I, be worth it. It would be less than a hundred. It would not be worth it. It'd be such an embarrassing <laughs> thing to get arrested for. Wouldn't it? I think it'd be quite embarrassing at the time. I think I'd go. He'd probably just look at me. And go. What are you talking about? Why do you want these coins? Yeah. <laughs> it's COVID. People have been touching them. Yeah. What would you rather? <laughs> we just keep going. What would you rather? We just keep going silent every so often. What would you rather nick the contents of? Oh, a parking meter or a post box? Ooh. Hmm. At Christmas. <laughs> Good follow-up question, because a lot of people park at Christmas. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. I uh, uh, no, it's just like it's tomorrow. I don't know. Parking meter is probably deceiving. You could probably get quite a lot of money in a parking meter, actually. But who knows what's in the the post box is like the mystery box. Yeah, that would be fun. Opening, yeah. Do you know what? It would be really fun to open a whole post. If there was no consequence, I would love to open an entire post, a post box, box full box of people's isn't mail. Isn't going to be. It's not going to be boring bills or anything. No, it's outgoing. Yeah, mail. yeah, yeah. I mean, bills are outgoing from uh, mm. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. British gas doesn't walk down to the post box (laughs) and stick all this fifty million bills into it. Point, Joel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say post box. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we do it. That that that's a new idea for a podcast. We go. We find a different post box somewhere in the UK. Yes. And we just open up and live on the recording. We open up every single letter. Pod post. Pod box. Pod box. Uh, oh yeah, post box. Pod. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Mm. We'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> we'll work, yeah. Okay, deal. Let's do it. Let us know uh, if you would listen to that at Jokes with Mark. Um, <laughs> so we have got a cracking episode today, Joel. But before that, we've uh, we should also say I I I should also say I uh, basically when this goes out on the Thursday, there's one day mm-hmm. uh, you can come and see my Leicester comedy festival show it's Ooh. at the brew dog uh in leicester obviously uh mm-hmm. friday the 4th of february my new show new work in progress some cracking jokes in there joel mm. get your tickets there we go that's a pretty good plug wasn't it i like yeah, it thanks well thanks mate and also uh head over to patreon there's a new uh, bonus podcast with today's guest and that guest is alistair barry Lovely, uh, George Sunderland boy, I think originally. Uh, he was going when I started. He's a radio DJ more up, up north now. I don't think he does so much stand up. I think he does a bit of corporate stuff. Mm. But he was supporting Bradley Walsh, and Bradley Walsh apparently absolutely the loveliest man you could ever meet. Paul Sinner speaks very highly of him, blah blah. But he does a stand up show as well, and he does it, and it's you know it's pretty old school mainstream stand up, and he does it at Blackpool, and Alfie was supporting him. Mm. and uh, Bradley took Alfie out for lunch one day because uh, apparently he's the nicest bloke you could ever hope to meet. And they ran into this um, They ran into this family, which was three generations, ma- grandma, mum and daughter, who go and see Bradley every year, and they love him, and they go and see him. They don't go and see him once. They go and see him loads of times. And uh, Bradley knows them, and he's like, all right. And they're like, oh, Bradley, oh, it's, you know, lovely. Yeah, yeah. And they're with Alfie, and he goes, this is Alfie. I support you. You must have seen him. And he was like, oh, yeah, we saw you. We saw you. Didn't, didn't really like you the first time. Didn't really like the first time, which is, you know, bit oh, right. Because second time, we, yeah, we enjoyed the second time. Third time, we loved you because we knew all the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of undoes 
everything we think about what we do. But you know, yeah. if that's what they enjoy, that's what they Makes enjoy. Think that they didn't really understand them the first couple of times. <laughs> now <laughs> we've worked them out. Needed a bit of time to mull them over. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. The thing with like being a, a topical comic, I, I, is that quite worrying that the news can change very quick when you're right. You spent a lot of time on a show, and then you know, all of a sudden. Something. I, I, I think, you know, it's a really weird question, that, because um, I think no, because that's the nature of the beast, you know, and if if they invade Iraq when you're in the middle of talking about how they're not going to invade Iraq, I mean, to be, I think it's almost like anything, any decent comic will... Is it about how uh, to angle it? Well, it's about how to, you know, if, if you come on and go, oh, I had this whole routine about how we weren't going to invade Iraq. And what did they do? The bastard. Who suffered here? Me. Then you've immediately got an angle. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I think, you know, more and more I'm feeling, I mean, I, I get pretty angry on stage at the moment. And you've always got to be careful about um, anger trumping comedy. Yeah. But there's... I mean, we've never been run by such a despicable cabal as we are at the moment. And whether people want to admit it or not, it started with, well, it started a long time ago, but the lies of Brexit are coming home to roost. And the people who gave us Brexit are now being, I mean, I don't care how much of a died in the world Tory you are, looking at the last week and going, sorry, these people are not fit to run, they're not fit to run a whelk stall, let alone a fucking government. Um and I've got a lot of stuff that, but, but sometimes you just go, right, I can't go too angry here. I've got a long Brexit bit at the moment that I've just done a load of Christmas shows at the Frog and Bucket and I left it out, just not because I don't have faith in it, but just because you go, this bit is more about building momentum about an opinion about Brexit. And this is a fucking Christmas party full of people <laughs> who you just need to bring with you. So That's true, yeah. Do you find yeah, when when like say that when the Tories are like they are now, and even if you're a Tory, you're not really liking the Tories. Yeah, that make it be- like make your gigs better because normally you're you're playing a split, aren't you? That you're trying to keep the people on the you're sort of entertaining the people on the left, but you also want to you still want to entertain the people on the right. I am a massive believer in entertaining everyone, and I did have I mean my last Edinburgh show sort of full one that toured all over the place um, that had a fairly sizable Brexit bit in it. And I had a lot of comments from leavers going really enjoyed it because the logic that I employ, I mean, cause my logic is there was a lot wrong with the EU. Mm, I, I just think the decision to leave it was a fucking idiotic one done yeah. on false premises. So you're reasoning and, with them. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 way, you've yeah. got to have an argument. If you just get on and go, you fucking morons, you yeah. you racists, then, you know, I mean, I had a joke about that going, oh, they're all racist. No, they're not. They're just, although, you know, that old line that you don't have to be racist to vote for Brexit, but all the racists did vote for Brexit. <laughs> and I had a line about non-racists want to be a bit more careful about who they hang around with. Whereas, um, is it Alan, Alan Cochran's got a lovely thing about one comic and I know exactly who the comic is. Um, who said, in all seriousness, he's a very well-known sort of anti-Brexit, liberal, lefty, one of the more famous ones, mm. um, who actually said to Alan in the dressing room, he goes, God, my, my Brexit stuff's really splitting the room. <laughs> it was a 52-48 vote. Are you surprised <laughs> that your strident stuff is, I mean, could it not? But again, everything about, I mean, you're going to get, I think the other problem you have at the moment with 
but I find less about um, like issues like Brexit or um, um, COVID or whatever is that there are people I get and I get really sick at the moment. You mention one. I've got a thing where I mention the Chinese and bats at the moment. I've got a thing where I mention the Taliban. I've got a thing where I mention Prince Andrew. And just the very mention of those things get people going, ooh. And I'm like, no, no, you're not allowed to ooh at the mention of a news story. Yeah. You know, if I say Prince Andrew's a paedophile and I thoroughly approve of that and I think more of us should, then okay, then you can get upset. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I would like you to trust me with where I'm going that I'm not going to end up there as that is, That's the thing. Like with my, even with my stuff, I could do a 15 minutes of really nice little silly jokes. But as soon as I have a setup with something that's triggering in the setup, they yeah. won't laugh at the punchline because they're, they're just worried and then they have to analyze whether what they think of it and by the time they've done that it's too late so i've actually got a whole section now where i preempt it and well, see, I think this is what people do and then they chill out after that and i could do all those jokes i think that's quite interesting because you as a more of a gagsmith than me have done exactly the same thing that i do mm. which is you know you've made it a section but i comment on it in the show because you have to and i mean i did uh i was doing top secret the other night and I mentioned the Taliban and I, I've got a joke, which I really like, which is uh, that um, I've been a comic for over 20 years. When I started doing comedy, we were just really starting to show the Taliban who was boss. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, it's not the greatest joke ever, but it's a night. It's topical. It reflects various things. And literally got this, ooh, and I'm like, right, I haven't said I'm in favour of the Taliban. All I'm doing is addressing, a and I went on this massive rant against this person, and I was like, have you been to Afghanistan? And they were like, no. And I went, right, well, I fucking have. I went in 2015 to entertain the troops. Then we're into another load of gags about our troops rather than the Taliban, and everyone's laughing. And I just, and I did this big rant, because uh, I'm, I'm, and most comics are, we're the most wishy-washy, liberal, do-gooding fuckers you could meet in the main. Mm. You can't think of a more woke industry demographic than comedians. Not saying that everyone's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, we are skewed towards the woke. Um, and yet I watch people go, oh, and I'm like, no, you're giving you're giving away the credit that we need to actually talk about these issues. If you're going to go Ooh, at, at the Taliban, at Prince Andrew, at Brexit, at whatever, you're you're immediately giving up the right to talk about it properly because you've 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 made a decision that something contentious you don't want to engage with. I want you to trust me as a comic that I will make you laugh about it. I might give you my opinion. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preach at you because preaching isn't funny. No. But what's happening in that room is that, that might only be a certain pocket of people doing that reaction. But what it does do is it then tells everyone else in the room, oh that's how we're supposed to react to this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that influences their opinion of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is so annoying. It's like for me, the equivalent of, and it doesn't happen that often now, but if, if a whole room of people, not sorry, if a few people, actually, no, if one person grows <laughs> yeah. a joke before everyone's had time to laugh, they influence the whole room. Everyone groans. It's such a strange thing. And I now have to just stop and say, hang on, we've got to, no. Cut, we have to cut yeah. that out now because you will now groan at everything. These are, so, I can tell you some groaner jokes. Like yeah, yeah. These aren't them. But um, I, this happened on Saturday night. I had a joke which I stopped doing, but I brought it back because of the Omicron thing. 
which is walking on stage with a face mask on. Oh, right. Uh, and saying, uh, this is nothing to do with COVID. I just, I've, I've been a comic for 20 years, but I haven't done my job for the last 18 months. So there's a good chance this could be a bit of shit. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want you to know what I look like. And it's, it's quite a nice way to get the show going. And then you take the mask off and they go, hey, you know. Anyway, I walk on, and this has happened a couple of times. Um, it's exactly like you say, is dealing with one time. I walk on and just go to mine and go, hello, Manchester. And this bloke goes, take your fucking mask off. Oh. And I just look, I was like, you fucking dick. What, you seriously think you've come to a top comedy club and the comedian walks on with a face mask and hasn't got a joke about it, but you haven't got the fucking patience to wait 30 seconds to hear what that was. You're a po- and, and literally, at that point, it's not a joke. It's they a rant. Because you had your mask on. Yeah, they did. They missed it all. I died on my ass. <laughs> but no, that's the point. A rant can be a rant can be a hugely effective tool without mm. a single punchline in it, because you are just literally going, "You're an idiot," and that, this is why you're an idiot, and that's why. And you, you know, you get and actually, point, you can get a round of applause at the end, even if oh, there's any jokes. Mate, that's my fucking act. <laughs> I've I've always been like I'd love I love that when you can do that. I've never been able to do that. It's not you know it's not my thing. But it's amazing that how that that technique, the the pacing of it and everything. Like is there a, is there a technique in like at the end of it to sort of go up a bit or like to finish? I don't I don't genuinely know. Yes, there is, but I don't gen, I genuinely don't know what it is. Um, right. I think it's almost like. It's almost the timing of it. Yeah, timing is everything. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got one at the moment that is quite... I'm basically saying that I used to work 20 minutes a night and then because of what's happened, I spent, I've had two years of 14-hour days of unemployed house husbandry and I just go, my life has been a blur and I just list all the things I've done with my children and it builds and builds in ridiculousness until I, and then at the end, at the end, and I go, so when I say it's good to be here, it, and I put the mic down and just scream, <laughs> right. it is so fucking good to be here. And that's just obviously a sign, you know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. But I think it's interesting with bits like Does it that. Does happen and they don't clap? Because that's like, that must be super awkward if it ever they don't bite. I think, um, I, well, I think that's almost the same with every type of joke. You know, if yeah. you, you, I mean, you know, when you've gone on and got a couple, you know, a, an absolute banker mm-hmm. and that's it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Got nothing or a polite titter. You're like, this is going to be tough. Yeah. And I mean, I've got a... I was, I was talking to um, a newish comedian called James Ellis yesterday, and he's he's suddenly like he's a lot more physical on stage. And I was talking to him about it because it's great because it's really working. But it's, it's if you're if you're doing really physical things and it's not working, that might, that just makes it so much more awkward than just telling a joke and it not working. I think the funny thing is, is especially if you do bigger theatres, um, the physicality can really. I find my i mean i did a i did a run at the cape town festival and uh, emceeing the main theater mm. and that was because you know i'm not famous enough to play big theaters on my own name very often if at all um but getting to do as we've all done you know benefits whatever big theaters where everything's magnified and i mean i got this review that described me as rubber limbed funny man and i'm like geez i'm not lee evans <laughs> but i am actually a lot more physical when i've got a big stand and, I'm in, and it's a brilliant thing that you kind of that grows like all good comedy is organic. It grows out of what you're doing, mm. and and, more time, and I mean the laughter's bigger because there's more people. You have more time to do things, don't you? A, a ten minute set on a big West End stage with a really up for it audience uses four minutes of material. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing about really big comics as well that always makes me laugh. They're like, you know, you still have to do the the, the business, and I'm like, yeah, I know you still have to do the business. There are very few comics who've got to the level of selling out venues like that who haven't got the gear. They're mm. fucking good at it. You know, yeah. Kevin Bridges isn't lucky. He's a superbly talented comic. But you get on that stage, you know, as well as I do, people, you know, you have to you have to win their trust. Mm. If you're well known, you've already got their trust. So they're immediately like, oh, my God. And then you're, you know, you're already if you fuck up. Yeah, then they will go. No, you didn't bring it, but you've already got such a nice atmosphere to start with. Yeah, and I think there's, um, I think there's a lot. Of, it's that thing of to go back to what you were saying. I had a, I had a sort of rant about all the dangerous animals in Australia that ends up with the last bit, and uh, you know, basically moving me from the house to the garden to the river to the sea. To, and the, the last line is, uh, I'll just come back on the beach, and the guy goes, "You can't go to the beach, mate. What's going to kill me there? The sun, right?" <laughs> and when that hits, it just oh, goes that's lovely, yeah. boom, yeah. But there's been, you know, like any like any <laughs> gag, perfect, you, they're so mundane compared to yeah, to saltwater crocodiles, great white sharks, box yeah. jellyfish. Um, and yeah, that's the whole, and, and I mean, like you were saying, is there a secret to the end of it? Well, yeah, in that case, it's not only to do with the tone, it's more, oh, it's the mundanity of the sun in comparison to everything else. Yeah, so it's yeah. obviously the end. Mm. And that usually gets a round of applause. But I've been doing it for about a year now. And partly, maybe I'm not delivering it as well. You get a bit tired in your delivery. Yeah. But um yeah, I have to be careful. I do it. I give it oomph because there's been a couple of times when I kind of go the sun, and it gets that kind of oh, I think he expects a round of applause here, rather than I'm giving him a round of applause here. Some jokes you can glaze over and just deliver. Yeah, but yeah. with that, yeah, you do need to give it some, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you need it's an acting job. That's the thing. I mean, I started off as an actor, and I think I did a, a couple of times when I've done acting, done some acting uh, since I've been a stand-up that I've really noticed how it's affected and improved my my acting. And mm. also, back the other, you have to concentrate when you're on stage. And we've all done it, especially if you're doing more monologue stuff, that you're, you know, you've got your little onboard editor going, oh, what about this bit next? And you're, because you're saying a bit, you've said it a hundred times before, so you know it. Mm. 
and then you just put one word in the wrong place or something, make some really little, some little tiny error, but a little tiny error in the rhythm of everything can fuck it all. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes if I, I, I find that sometimes with jokes, if I get like a, like I need to swallow, like if I just have to yeah. mistimed my breaths and 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 just that slight swallow in in the middle of a joke that you, I, I I just know instantly that's not going to yeah. hit. That's not going to hit as well. I've got a joke that I um, wrote. Funnily enough, that I used it on the last laugh, and I think it was just one of those cases of um, copying the material. Uh, so not copying the material, <laughs> copying the thought. So I did. I actually wrote to Adam because he's a good mate of mine. I went, mate, that that a joke is because a few people got in touch, and I actually I genuinely think it was one a case of because the joke is. The, I, the way I do it is uh, I like Americans. There are allies where, the, you know, where they lead, we tend to follow the G20, which is, of course, the noise a lot of Americans make when they find out how many other countries there are in the world. <laughs> right. And that's how I do it. And it's the, it turns into an American accent at the end. And yeah. there's often a bit of a pause. And I leave the pause for people to go, why has he left the pause? G20. Oh, G20. And then I make a comment on them congratulating themselves on get. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas when they did it on the last laugh, um, Adam, it wasn't Adam's fault at all. He just went, it was just G, he just went, Oh, G20, which is of course what Americans say when they, uh, when they count the number of countries in the, in the world and just threw it away. Right. Yeah. I was like, it was really interesting to watch a joke that I've been doing. And I don't, I'm not saying it was Nick's at all. I'm saying that G20 yeah. is there to be stolen. As an idea. But exactly. Like you say, like a swallow or something. I've so learned. Yours has been honed. Was that yeah. the first time he's ever said that? Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, because mm. you do you hone it over time. But that's I don't know about you. I'd be interested because of the, because of your, what you do. Steve Hughes said to me years ago. I did a bit, and he went, "Man, you changed that from last night." And I was like, "Did I?" And he went, "Yeah, you got the wording was much better last night." And I was like, ah. "And this will sound hopelessly pretentious." And I apologise in advance to you, the listenership and comedy at large. But um, I regard performing stand-up as like performing jazz. Like, you know, I, I don't very, I mean, of course, a lot of things are the same every night. Mm. But if I'm not in it, then I'm not in it. Do you know what I mean? So I will not, sometimes I will work out how a bit goes perfect. And I, I do record my shows because I sometimes need to go back and go, no, I, that is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Steve said to me, no, if I work out the syntax... Mm then that is set in stone and i'm like it no i can't have it set in stone and so therefore suddenly you find a bit there's that horrible thing of finding a bit that you think absolutely kills and then it goes a bit wrong yes yeah, but yeah. Is that, is that, have you seen it's that seinfeld film isn't it um comedian where he does the same joke in two clubs on the same night and it storms one and dies a death in the other and to non-comics that is just an absolute head fuck they're like but it was yeah. the same joke yeah but yeah. you know have yeah. you not told a story that's been your party story and it's gone great and then you've told yeah. it once and it's gone horribly wrong or you misjudged the room <laughs> you know we've all done i remember i used to go out with a girl who was the um was a director on eastenders hmm. um and i went to an eastenders party and was sitting around and i one of the actors whose name I can't remember, but we just chat and I told him, I told him a joke and it's basically, it's an old, well, no, no nice way of doing it. It's an old pedophile joke. It was just, and in the right, in the right silliness where, you know, you don't mean, and it, you know, I've yeah, told yeah. that joke and it's hilarious because, you know, it's the unsayable thing and you're, uh, 
in this situation, I mean, I just, he just looked at me like, what are you doing? And you go, and I was like, I did it. I went, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, it's a sort of joke. You, it's a sort of joke n- none of us would tell in public. And yeah, and I just, but I've told that joke just to make sit around having a couple of beers and we've howled with laughter. So we've all done it. Mm. Yeah, what I was I was gonna what was the point I was gonna make? Oh yeah, about the um the uh saying the same joke and the audience like if you actually sh- told them that or they saw it, they think that's mad. But I've had it where I did a tour support to to like it was like I think it was the Brighton which is the smallest one, it not the smallest, but it's It's the dome. Brighton Dome. Right. So what's that? A few thousand people. It was it was yeah. amazing. It was lovely. And then I went and closed Shoreham on Sea, <laughs> right, yeah. where the gig was sterile. And I went on, and it was really hard work. And all you're oh, thinking, yeah. I'd love to show them a video yeah. Yeah, yeah. of the exact same jokes, just as, as, a, as an experiment, a social experiment, just to see what they, they think of that, where they realize, yeah. oh, it's the room. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I did. I did shore. I did shore them the other day, and I've always had quite a good time there. But I, they really made me work, and it was fine. But it's exactly. I, I mean, it is that ridiculous thing about our our job. And actually, I think it's underrated. Um, you know, you get. I mean, I, I remember of you saying I was a safe pair of hands, which is what everyone wants to hear. But a safe pair of hands from the. From the rowdiest late night Saturday crowd to the tiniest fringe room to a West End theatre, and it, you know what? Because I've played all those places, yeah, and yeah. I've gone from the back of a flatbed truck in a military base in Kabul to the comedy store to a tiny little fringe venue. We, and and yeah, you up? It was, it was a busy nightmare. I tell you what, the RAF came in fucking handy for once. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's you. You've got to be able to adjust, and I think especially good club comics that the skill they have in being able to go from one to the other is is massively underrated because no one sees it mm. but yeah. the weirdest one is as you say for us is i've done that as well you know what you come off stage at the lyceum in the west end to 1600 people and and then you go and do a quick you know favor for someone at, to 60 people in a downstairs the energy is so fundamentally different um and also the terrible thing there is going you know if you do go thing is i've just uh just come from the lyceum in front of 1600 they go well you're a cunt aren't you so yeah it, it's it's a really weird one that that's funny so so you, earlier when you were saying about um like the trigger words that can make a bit sort of uh, difficult to get across the line yeah the, ooh. is that the main thing that you have trouble with with like bits that don't work or have you got any other bits that didn't work for any other reasons that I think there is um I think the thing with bits that don't work is quite often I'm fairly convinced that they should work right yeah and so almost like I mean, but we, we, you know, you must be like me. You must have so many notes on your iPhone and bits mm. and bots dotted around that you, you try it once and it doesn't work and you forget about it forever. And yeah. then certain bits you go, oh, and it, you know, it comes up again in, I had a line about, um, and it's, it worked first time, but I sort of thrown it away. It was about what I felt like when my daughter was born and the, 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 the whole joke was about how I didn't feel this bond that people go on about the bond. And that was the basically the routine. But the last bit was actually, do you know what I felt? I felt terrified. I was in charge of another human being. And then the, the little 
topper at the end was I haven't felt that terrified since I saw her mother walking up the aisle towards me, <laughs> right? And I just dropped it because it wasn't getting... And then I, a couple of weeks ago, I just threw it in because it came into my head. Right. And, it, and it became not just a topper, it became a really big boom what, at the end. What's that? Is that slightly different wording? Has the piece changed? Well, make- I think it's, that, that it's down to what I said about jazz. It's like it felt right in the moment. And that's why you've got to keep yourself open to those moments. But, would that, but had you, like, because like, maybe you, earlier, you, did you speak about an angle towards their her mother before do you know what i mean possibly they know yeah, possibly stance on it or they know you're not serious serious yeah 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 possibly i think that's possibly a very good point um but that's the whole thing isn't it and i don't those those people who go out i mean how regimented is your order of stuff i'm very loose now so i i guess i i, I suppose i am more jazzy than i was but not in wording of the joke more in the order of how i yeah, did yeah yeah I like to go into the crowd more now and have sort of keep myself on my toes more. And I find I perform yeah. it better because it's not that this one's next, that one's next, that one's next. If you know. Well, I always thought it's that thing that Jimmy Carr basically sort of copyrighted, wasn't it? Walking out with the clipboard. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you are just taking the piss now, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, literally, you could read out Cracker Jacks. Um, but because I, 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 I sort of pretend that my order isn't fixed, but then the sort of rough framework is... Yeah, and it moves along. What tends to happen is I tend to put newer bits at the beginning, but almost all of my material flows out of old material. Yes. Um, and but I always think there's there's bits I, I've got Did so you many at the beginning, so that you know you've got somewhere to go if it doesn't fly. Um, yeah, but also because I think it's it's sort of it's got a freshness, so I'm excited about it, and I yeah, think and you have got something topical. Yeah. You're, better, you're like it's a nice way to start, isn't it? Because and we've all got. Well, we've all got that kind of throwaway, um, you know, oh, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a bit of new material I'll never be doing again or whatever. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you've got, while well, you've still got a chance hmm. to, to to throw stuff away. But I, I mean, I've got reams of paperwork. I always promising myself I'll go through because I know that there's an idea in there hmm. somewhere that will work. And you, you do find stuff that suddenly comes back. I've started doing a routine, not, and quite often it's, it's stuff not not that it didn't work the first time but you stopped doing it because you got i mean i had a routine literally 20 years ago about clapping when a plane lands which i dropped for <laughs> for years and then um you know i just started doing it again recently because it fitted in with something else and it's still fresh yeah. and then you get that weird thing people go oh i love that bit of yours that was and they 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 tell you a joke you go Fuck, i haven't thought of that joke in 12 years um, sometimes yeah, yeah, you throw yeah. them back in. Sometimes and someone did it to me yesterday, literally yesterday, and it was a joke that I think I did twice, and yeah. they happened to be in that gig and they remembered it, and that was what stuck with them. And I was like, "That's so weird," because I got rid of it because it just didn't land, and it was literally to do with I, I was my my twenty. I think it was like my thirtieth birthday, so and then I got to gig and and then I. I was said oh, it's, I'm thirty today. It's nice everyone to, for you to put all the signs up along the road for me. It's <laughs> a great gag. Yeah, but I some reason. Well, maybe there's something maybe. in that though as well. But then you know, you I drove down the road. Someone had got it wrong. Yeah, I don't know, but it's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but I, I remember years ago. <laughs> I remember. I remember years ago um, at the old Fortnite Club where I used to go do new material, and this is before I was a comic. Hmm. I remember seeing Mark Mayer do this joke about having a whale in his spare room and the whale was complaining 
about the size of the spare room or something. And uh, he, the line, the line was legit just, I'll oh, stop your blubbering. <laughs> and it really made me laugh. And I saw, uh, this is, this is like 95 or something. Yeah. So when I got to know Mark as a comic, as a friend, I always, and I've always said to him, I always loved that. And I said to him, you know, this is years later. I went, I remember saying, and he went, God, that is the only time I ever did that joke. But I happened to be in the audience. But yeah. I think the thing is about, I think you know something's funny. You could be wrong, but you generally, you, you, we've got fairly good instinct for it because it's what we do for a living. Mm. But there are... I've got a joke at the moment that doesn't work and I think it will one day but it's all about it's about the anti-vaxxers keep on banging on about how quickly the vaccine was created mm. and it's not again it's almost like a rant rather than a joke but the joke is basically yeah it, it was created quickly it was created quickly because there was a pandemic on do you remember you were there right <laughs> which is not really a joke yet yeah, but yeah. the whole idea of you know, on a, on a sort of very prosaic level, of course, we developed a vaccine very quickly because we have mm. incredible technology and we were under massive pressure. And because we're so skilled at that, we did it. <laughs> and that, but actually, the idea of just going, you were there, do you not? You know, the sort of ludicrousness yeah. of that. And obviously, I haven't got the balance of those right yet because I've done it a couple of times and the yeah. audience have kind of gone, yeah, but it's not been a big boom. There's definitely something in there, 100%. Yeah. Because cause these days, people. Like everyone wants things so fast. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it, like it, it'd be maybe it'd be funny if someone said that while they're waiting for a McDonald's and it was taking ages. That's do you know what? What's that? What's really interesting about that is that I had another bit that doesn't quite work about how lockdown was basically the sort of conclusion of all human happiness because you be, all life is about trying to get well not all life is but you know human technologies are almost entirely down to sort of saving us doing things so now you've got a tv <laughs> so you don't have to sit you've got the remote so you don't have to get up and change your thing you're sat there on the sofa and you you don't have to go out and get food you don't you phone someone up and they bring it to your door you don't have to go to blockbusters it, yeah exactly you can you streaming stuff and gaming every, everything is yeah. you know everything comes to your fingertips <laughs> this is i mean the next stage i think the line i use is the next stage of human evolution is we will actually turn into sofas or something <laughs> Like that and that never quite worked but that is actually what you've just said if i may steal that um because that is, that is it's our convenience culture that's the word isn't it convenience everything's fucking convenient and then something comes along that is genuinely life-savingly convenient yeah. and you go well i don't trust that <laughs> that's a nice that's... line life-savingly convenient is that yeah that is yeah um oh no that's... i'm that yeah, well, I'm, uh, I, I'm uh, now. What time is it now? It's, uh, mate, it's one minute to three, and I have to go and get my children. I could, I could chat about this stuff with you all day long. It's well, it's I may so, come back know, on again at some point. I would love to, but what I basically need to do is come back on and you rewrite my set for me at the end of every show. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to just sit down with my phone now and write life-savingly convenient. <laughs> Good. Because I think what you've just done is managed to find the bridge between two routines that don't work. And with any luck, they now will become one long routine that might work. So uh, bless your heart, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Alistair Barry! Hashtag Awooga Alistair Barrier. There he is. Barrier. That's a word. <laughs> Does make sense in the. <laughs> this has been one of the stranger intros and outros we've ever done. Barrier is a word.
Yeah, I know, but what... But it doesn't we, fit. That's it is a word after every word you say. Yeah, but it's, it's a word that wasn't meant to be a word. Okay. There we go. Break the... Oh, I don't know. I don't think my brain's working, Joel. I don't think it's working. <laughs> I don't think yours I is working either. The light. No, I, I, yeah, I'd agree with that broadly, but you're the you're host of the such, show. Your room is so uh, dark. It's, it's, it's sleepy. It's really dark, I think isn't that it? might be why I'm having trouble with this, Joel. It, it, it's, it's, well, here's a I test. I to disturb you. Here's a test. Between this outro and recording the Patreon intro, mm. I'm going to turn the light on. And see if that makes a difference. For Patreon listeners, or if you really want to find out, go and sign yeah. up. You see if you can hear a difference in a shift in Mark's voice. Patreon.com forward slash jokes with Mark. Oh, I feel a bit more energy in that already. Um, Joel, cracking podcast. Let us know anybody, mm. anybody, everybody, if you've got any feedback at jokes with Mark. I do apologize for this intro and outro. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and if you haven't, it'll be much better next week. I just, I don't know what happened today, Joel. Normally, we're very good at the intros and outros. <laughs> I liked Did it. Did you? Well, maybe people yeah. did. Maybe people will like it. Sometimes, mm. like silences, I don't know. They sort of add to it a bit. Golden. Yeah. It can be too long sometimes. Anything more from you, Joe? Nothing more from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Joe. Hashtag a week, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.